And you certainly can't rebuild a country in one day or two years. Uh, but the impacts of the previous four years has certainly had an impact on our climate right now, especially given the uh, yeah, our economic issues. boys and girls oh man are we excited about today's show not necessarily because it's good you know but because it's the last one for a little while <laughs> 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 that's right we're going on vacation baby uh so we're excited like a bunch of school kids over here uh but no it will be a good one we have a uh, house minority leader uh and worst texter in the entire world, uh, Anthony Daniels, on with us today. Uh, he'll uh, he's got some some good insight on the uh, on what, the election. What makes him a bad texter? Oh, dude, it's it's unbelievable. It, it, it's like I, I don't. It's honestly, it's like texting. I'm trying to think of a good analogy. It, um. All right, so I, I'll just give you an example. Uh, he'll he'll send a text to me mm-hmm. with some random statement out of the blue. I mean, you know, I haven't talked to him in days or whatever. And so he'll send a text to me um, along the lines of, hey, um, I, I heard X. All right. And it'll be and it'll, it'll say, I heard this happened um, the other day, uh, for example, about this shooting that took place in Vestavia Hills. All right. Mm. So he said, hey, uh, what have you heard about the stuff in Vestavia Hills? Uh, and so I respond and say, oh, you know, hey, man, good to hear from you. You know, there, I actually been meaning to text you. I had a couple of questions uh, that I wanted to ask you. But uh, on that shooting, you know, just what I've read, I've heard a couple of little things, um, you know, and then I, and then I responded again under that and said something else. Twelve hours goes by. All right. And this is not this is not uncommon. This is the common thing, okay? Uh, and and I get a text back at like one o'clock in the morning that says, Okay. <laughs> That's, it. <laughs> That's it. I was like, man, if you do this with your wife, you're on the verge of divorce, okay? Uh, because this would drive a woman crazy. Uh, I mean well, we know he doesn't do that with his wife. Oh, there's no way. No, there's, no there's no way. No way. She she yeah. uh, there's probably the reason he's not texting me back is because he's having to respond to her texts. But I mean it's that may be it. But, uh, but he definitely un- doesn't do that with the doctor. He doesn't do that. Uh, yeah, I told him the other day too. I mean, you are the worst texter in the world. I, I would just prefer <laughs> you just not even text. All right. I mean, I would just, I would just prefer not to even hear from you. Uh, it's just unbelievable. Uh, hey, I mean, you'll be having the a conversation. Leader, man, he's got a full plate. <laughs> I just, I know, but I mean, he's the one that started the conversation. <laughs> I mean, it's not like I called him; he called me. Uh, so we anyway. forgot to introduce ourselves. Ah, they know who we are at this point. Hell, we're on the, the you know, they see our faces on the show. Yeah, that's a good point. They know uh, who we are. Huh? Well, I'm Josh Moon. And, and I'm David Person. There we go. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, man, it, listen, it is a, you know, it, it, it will be a fun show because I'm, you know, we're going to talk about this texting situation. I want to know what's going on here. Um, <laughs> I mean, I want an explanation of what, what happened. You know, I just, I mean, I just, I don't, I don't know what happens there. <laughs> It's, it's like he, t- he texts you and then he throws the phone across the room, you know? 
<laughs> I mean, it's just yeah, let, unreal. Let, let that be your leadoff question. Let's see how the interview goes. <laughs> oh, he know. Like I said, I said it to him. He knows. He knows how I feel. It's like it's unreal, man. Uh, but uh, uh, all right, let's uh, let's get this started. We had elections or we runoffs, anyways, um, and uh, we have uh, Katie Britt made Mo tap out. Uh, I mean, he completely he's going he's going to the house. That's it mm. for him. He's wrapping it up. Mo Brooks is done in politics. He's uh, said the bad guys won, mm-hmm. and so he's uh, he's getting on out of here. But uh, you know, it's uh, Katie Britt. I think was. More popular among Democratic voters in this state than a Republican has been in quite some time, uh, especially for statewide office. I I can't think of uh, anybody else who has garnered the support. And it could be a lot of that is is tied to who she was up against. And, you know, people were really, uh, really worried about the prospects of having Mo Brooks and Tommy Tuberville being our two United States senators, which rightfully so, since they share the same brain. And I, I mean, I, it's, um, Oh, I wait think, a minute. Wait a minute. I got to challenge you on that. Okay. I'm sorry. They don't share the same brain. You don't know think? No, 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 no. no. Okay. I think, I think, uh, this, the current Senator, uh, Senator Tupperville is, um, uh, I think that he is, uh, is relatively benign. As it relates to uh, the toxicity in his system. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I agree. Uh, I, I, I think he's, and I think he's, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I would, I'd say he and Mo are in two different categories for me. Sure, sure. Well, I was just saying that Mo got the racist side of the brain. And okay. then and then Tuberville got the, you know, do nothing but take a check side of the brain. Oh, um, okay. Well, yeah. all, right. all right. I'll, I'll, I'll defer yeah. to you on that. Okay. You know, I mean, I, I just, I, my, I think my, my overall point, and I think the point of a lot of people is, is they were very worried that we would get very little done, uh, and it would be very, um, uh, very problematic for this state. Uh, in terms of federal funding, uh, federal programs, those sorts of things that we would we would have two people there who were not very well liked by the leadership in either party. Uh, although I, I'm not so sure that Tuberville is not OK liked. I think people like him OK. He's a friendly enough guy. Hell, I like him. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, I don't like him as a U.S. senator. Um, yeah. I like him as a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, I um, we disagree. And I think he kind of sold out a lot of people that were his very close friends to get to the position that he's in. I don't like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I just uh, I would say that Katie Britt, though, is, is was very, very popular among Democrats. I, I don't know that I've heard of, of Democrats lining up, and they did. You know, we can we can dispute it, I guess, or people can argue it if they want. But there's a lot of people that, that went and voted for Katie Britt who were Democrats. Um, well, I don't, you know. yeah, I don't doubt that that happened in the, um, in the uh, certainly in the May 24th election mm-hmm. uh, or the May election. And then I, I would say to a far lesser degree in the runoff, but... You're not suggesting that we can attribute the margin of victory to Democrats. Um, I don't see that. I don't. I don't think so. No, I don't. I, I, my 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 point was more um, uh, that, that that we that we elected in her. I feel someone that uh, that people believe is a real kind of a a more centrist 
candidate. Uh, you know, more towards the center. Certainly right. Certainly well, right. And her commercial. That. Yeah. They're and, well, yeah. I, and I, I, I mean, we're I feel, all hoping that. Certainly, we're all hoping that. Right. But we're hoping I, that. And that assumes, of course, yeah. that she will win. And I understand, you know, the probability is high. Yes. In the minds of many that she will win. And I understand why. Mm-hmm. But 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 my problem with her. Besides the fact that she's running, that she's not a, a Democrat running on our side and and, yeah. and and aside from the fact that she's running against my candidate, Will Boyd, my problem with Katie is that she has done the same thing, regardless of what she projects. And 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 you know she positions herself as a as a as a solidly conservative person who yeah. would be from a policy and a legislative standpoint would be uh, taking positions that would be uh, on the opposite end of what you and I believe. But mm-hmm. in addition to that, she acceded to Trump, and that's my problem. My problem is that in this state. You know, you got these Republicans and not just this state, but other states as well. You got these Republicans who feel like they have to basically slurp Trump in order to win. Mm-hmm. And I know that was graphic. And I know that, I'll, you know, my pastor may shake his head when he hears this. But I, I've said it. It's out there. And I, I apologize. To it's probably my fault. Pastor. Whoever it's I'm probably offended. my fault. I'm the influence. But, you know? but that's the way I feel about it. I yeah. feel that that's what they think they have to do. Yeah. And 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 it's disappointing when you see somebody who appears to be in many ways a principled person, a smart person. It's disappointing to see them make that concession. Yeah. Because everybody doesn't do it. You know, mm-hmm. Mitt Romney hasn't done it. No. You know, Liz Cheney hasn't done it. Adam Kinzinger hasn't done it. Uh even even in in a point of uh of severe choice, even people that say they would vote for Trump again have at least had the courage to say, but I'm not going to cross this line for Trump. Mm-hmm. Like that rusty guy, uh, what's his name? Rusty Glover or Glower or whatever his name is out in Arizona. It's not Rusty Glover. He's, he's our boy in, in Alabama. So it's not Rusty oh, Glover. It's, well, uh, it's Rusty. I mean, you're right. It's Rusty something. I can't remember his name. Yeah, I, um, I don't remember his last name. It's not worth remembering. Yeah, that so, guy, the guy yeah. who's been testifying, you know, he even he mm-hmm. after everything that has been done to him and his family, even he has said, OK, yeah, I would vote for Trump again, but I'm not going to allow him to destroy and shred the Constitution, mm-hmm. you know, and I just I would like to see that kind of. Principled stand. Coming from a Katie Britt and the fact that I don't see it makes me think that even if she does win in November, that we're not going to necessarily be able to count on her to do the right thing as much as people would like to think. Uh, and I, I, I you know, I, I, I think that that's a very good point. Um, and, and I don't necessarily disagree. Um, you know what, man, I, I, I get caught in this, um, in this thing with them, because I know what the, you know, the the inner workings of, of that campaign was, you know, uh, uh, to a large degree. And it was we were going they were going to stay out of this, out of these out of these culture wars. They were going to stay off of this thing because she didn't like them. Um, she didn't want to do that stuff. She didn't want to she didn't want to have the thing. She what she wanted more than anything was Trump to just stay out of the race. 
Um, you know, I know that's what the campaign there for her wanted. Um, and, and, you know, they didn't necessarily uh, covet the endorsement, especially at the time at which it came. Uh, mm-hmm. What they really just wanted was them to stay out of it. But, um, you know, so so I guess here here is here is the position that somebody like Katie Britt at this point in time is in. You are a candidate for U.S. Senate. You have the you're you're, you're pretty close to winning this thing. Um, and you have opponents here that are driving the conversation to the far right, uh, that are, they're making you out to be, you know, less conservative and all this sort of thing. And, and eating into this base of voters who have been distorted by an onslaught of misinformation from conservative media that they have now placed themselves in this bubble of conservative media. And so they are misinformed about basic facts. And these are the majority of the people who are going to be voting for you in this election. So what is the better pathway? Is the better pathway to play this game and get yourself elected instead of this other person? that you know is is a true believer in Mo Brooks. You know he's a true believer in what he's talking about and what he's going to do. Or do you play this game in TV ads uh, and in dodging questions and you know, answer, answering questions carefully about things uh, to the point where you get yourself into the into this office? What's What's the better pathway, not only for yourself, but for the state? Was the better pathway for her to say, no, I think Donald Trump is a criminal and he should be arrested and I in no way support anything that he does and lose and we end up with Mo Brooks? Well, see, I guess the way, Josh, I see it is there's more than one path. And I think there is a third way, which is basically to say, and I think to some degree, I'll give her this much credit. I think to mm-hmm. some degree, she seemed to be trying to to do what I'm about to say, but then for some reason, she veered off into the ditch. Mm-hmm. I think the third way is simply to say, you know, you don't you don't talk about Trump unless you have to. That's right. rule number one. Right. Rule number two: if you have to talk about him, which would only be because some journalist. Or some talk show host ask you a question mm-hmm. about this is, this is sounding like the Fight Club rules, by the way. But go ahead. <laughs> 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 then you simply say, "Look, you know, uh, th- during his, you know, the four years of his administration, you know, he he uh, he signed legislation that I agreed with. He had a policy agenda that I agreed with." And uh, and I think that uh, those policies, uh, you know, made America greater. And uh, I think uh, the nation benefited under his presidency in that regard. And that's where you stop. You stop. You don't go any further than that. Yeah. You don't you don't you don't seek his endorsement. You don't try to uh, suggest that, uh, you know, you're a Trump Republican Mm-hmm. You know, you don't do that. That's that's a step too far because yeah. of everything else that this guy represents. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I and I don't I, again, I think that she she started down that pathway. That's what I the do. pathway yeah. I was kind of. Yeah. I, I think she yeah. started that I way do. and then it got pushed 
Um, and, and I think I tell you a lot of it. I think happened uh, with with Durant uh, entering the race and and mm. you know kind of selling himself out to such a degree. Um, and it was kind of pushing. Uh, they I, I know for a fact that they really felt like Durant was going to end up being the guy uh, that they were going to have to challenge mm-hmm. in the in this runoff uh there and it looked for you know for a while like he was i think i think until his the stuff with his sister you know kind of hit national uh airwaves that's you know i think that really made a difference and, uh and with you a, lot had a lot to do with that and, and i'm glad yeah. that you did what you did yeah uh, that was good good journalism but you know see my problem is you know she wears this cross and she talks about being a christian mm-hmm. and you know, Christians are supposed to be principled people. We're not perfect. You know, we Christians right. are not perfect. We're flawed. You know, we're no different than anybody else. We have our issues and our struggles. The only thing that distinguishes us is what we say we believe and what we aspire to to practice. Mm-hmm. But that's it. You know, yeah. we're human beings. But I still say, if you if you really are trying to be a principled person, then the time to be principled is when your principles are being challenged. That's when it matters. Yeah. That's when it yeah. matters. I, and, I, and so, you know, I understand the politics of it, but yeah. if you're telling me that winning, even if you want to win for good altruistic reasons, if you're telling me that winning is more important than adhering to your principles, mm-hmm. then that, that makes me question then what are you going to do In another crisis, what are you going to do at another point when your principles are challenged? Can I trust you to hold the line when it counts in some other area? Oh, listen, I think it's all 100 percent fair. Uh, I think I I think you're you're 100 percent fair in that in that, you know, in thinking that way about her, I I guess, you know. I don't, I don't know. I mean, it, I, and I don't excuse that. Certainly, I'm not saying that at all. I'm not saying I excuse what she said and you know, some of those things like that. I'm not. I, it's just because um, I, I, I don't. I think that if if more Republicans, uh, and there are a ton of them out there, uh, including I believe the other senator from this state, by the way, um, that believe that what happened on January 6th was wrong. Uh, that what Trump did behind the scenes that they weren't necessarily privy to with his attorneys uh, and calling around to Georgia and Arizona and these other states trying to get, you know, fake electors put in place and trying to overturn a free and fair election, which they 100 percent did. OK, they, they did this. Um, you know, I, I, I just I feel like there are a lot of those guys out there and or and ladies out there that feel that way. And they're not speaking up. And by them not speaking up and taking the easy road out of this, uh, they are helping to further the beliefs of these people that, that their constituencies, where if I think if they would take a stand uh, on some of this, especially those who are safe, safe as a baby and never going to be voted out, uh, if they would take a stand on this sort of thing, that they could then we could start to move past this in a way uh, that would not only benefit the country. Hell, I think it would benefit the Republican Party to a large degree, uh, uh, because I think they're headed down a road now that a lot of them don't want to go down. Uh, but, you know, uh, but at the same time, I also understand the position that it puts somebody like Katie Britt in. Right now, at that immediate time, you know, where she's looking at a real Martha Roby situation, you know, Martha Roby took a stand. She wasn't going to be reelected. 
Yeah, it's just, I mean, it's a simple fact. And and Martha Roby was 100% right in what she said. There is no way that any woman in this country, after watching that Access Hollywood tape, should have voted for that asshole, okay? Uh, I mean, that, you know, it's, mm-hmm. he's, a, he's, he's bragging about sexual assault. I mean, that's yeah. what he was doing. He was yeah. bragging about sexual assault of a married woman, you know? And, yeah. And, you know, this was the guy that uh, you know, we've now got memes of him, you know, with Jesus guiding his hands on papers and while in the Oval Office. Yeah. I mean, what are we talking about? You know, mm-hmm. um, and it's just that's. And so I, I, I can appreciate the uniqueness of the situation that Katie Britt is in. I don't excuse it mm-hmm. necessarily. Uh, but at the same time, I can say with some level of certainty that we are better off today because our possibility of having Mo Brooks as a U.S. senator has been eliminated. Well, I I agree with that, but I think we could have achieved that and that Britt could have achieved victory. My point is just I think she could have won without Cal towering to Trump. I'll use another. Um, you think so? You verb. think you think you think she could have you you think that she could have carried through with this and beaten both Mike Durant and Mo Brooks? Because I'm not sure she could have. I, the reason I think she could have is I think, <clears throat> first of all, I think Mo lost not because of the Democrats as he tried to sell us with his concession speech. Uh, yeah, I think Mo lost because there's <laughs> not that many Democrats. Yeah. yeah, right. I think Mo lost because of Mo. Mm-hmm. You know what? 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 Katie Britt presents. You know, and I, and I disagree with her politics and all that stuff. But what she presents is it, it's kind of Reagan-esque. You know, mm-hmm. she's, yeah. she's, she presents hope, optimism, she vitality, mm-hmm. uh, positivity. You know, when she talks and smiles, even if I don't like what she's saying, mm-hmm. I think, ah, that, you know, she, she's, there's something about her that makes me not get as riled up as I would if it was she's most kind of like the a, same thing. She's kind of like a Republican Obama. To to a certain extent, yeah, if that makes if that makes sense, you know, in yeah. personality, I mean, you know, in, in Obama yeah, you know, or Reagan, yeah, yeah, yeah Republicans hated that. what Obama was saying, yeah, but a lot of them were like, man, but that dude sure is cool, you know. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. uh, you know, I'm, you it's know uh, I think it, yeah. Reagan, Obama, Brit, yeah. they all had yes. that something, and mm-hmm. then you juxtapose her, and you know, I was I was in the studio, uh, Channel Nineteen. Tuesday night with our, our buddy Jay North and Dr. Jess Brown. And I'm looking at the screen and I'm seeing up there, you know, I'm seeing Katie Britt with her mm-hmm. positivity. And then I'm seeing Mo looking dour, mm-hmm. gloomy, yeah. you know, yeah. just like he's a, he's Jeremiah <laughs> the prophet looking for an apocalypse is how somebody yeah. described it. To yeah. Yeah, that's, that's it. That's it. That's like he just caught some black kids walking across his lawn. You know I mean? That's a- <laughs> You know what I mean? Uh, just yeah. like after you just put the fertilizer down. It's called yeah. the black kids walking across the lawn. What the hell is that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, he lost, I think, because he projects a negativity that only attracts a certain percentage of the population. Yeah. Maybe. It's just. Yeah. It works. And you know what? With what he's it saying, works in a like, gerrymandered wow. U.S. House district, but it doesn't work for a statewide U.S. Senate race. It doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. That's it. it. That's it. Yeah, it, and, it and works. I'm not even you know. sure it really worked. I'm not 100% sure it worked for him. And I'm talking about the personality part. Oh, it did. Because so many people said, I mean, I've talked to Republicans. You've talked yeah. to Republicans who would say, 
Yeah, I don't like Mo. Yeah, I, they, I listen, but I know. But he, in that in this area where it was, you know, that Lauderdale County, Upper yeah. Limestone County area outside of Madison, uh-huh. uh, Madison and Huntsville, uh, you know, that really played well with a lot of the, you know, because it's an older, very white. Uh, demographic up in those areas up there that are mainly right. voting. Uh, you know, we know them. I've, I've been there. I've seen the flags, um, yeah, you know, yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah. it's uh, I've seen there's, there's a spot. You can still go. There's a store up here. that's still got a KKK flag flying out front. Uh, I mean, cool. literally a KKK flag. Um, Where is uh, that? Where's that? Uh, it's um, it's up in North Limestone County, right above uh, above Athens. Uh, yeah. I, 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 there's some pictures of it. I'll, I'll see if I can find a picture of it and send it to you. But okay. Uh, okay. Um, I mean, it's uh, I mean, so listen, that 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 sort of mindset is still very prevalent in this area. Um, but, not, but, but in Madison County, not not so. And that's what I was about to say. It has Mo has out uh, was the district had outgrown Mo. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was he was going to lose eventually in this district. Mm-hmm. He mm-hmm. was going to mm-hmm. to probably somebody like Dale Strong, mm-hmm. um, you know, mm-hmm. um, who would have come in probably and been less Casey Wardinsky uh, and more yeah. Dale Strong, um, you know, at, on the Republican side. And I believe eventually it's going to turn blue up here. There'll be enough people in the Huntsville Madison yeah. area That's uh, the trend. That, that will turn will turn that thing blue. And uh, hopefully did, did we talk about. um before we run out of time, did we talk about Bart Starr Jr.'s essay in AL.com? No, no, but I read that. Uh, I think you posted it, um, and yeah, I, I, I read that. I know I know the Starr family. You know, they're from Montgomery, and I uh, interviewed his father a couple times and, and him there as well, and that's a, that's, a, that's a good group of people. See, that's the kind of, you know, and I'm sure that he and I would probably disagree on 80 to 90 percent of politics mm-hmm. and policy but his tone his tone is different and and the fact that he seems to embrace the idea of all people having value even people that he might uh mm-hmm. that might be very different from him and that yeah. he might disagree with it was a great piece it was published i think on june the 12th i think mm-hmm. um and on AL.com, I commend it to everybody to read just to get a sense of the fact that every Republican is not like Mo, no. you know, and, and yeah. every Republican is, you know, they, they, you know, they're, you know, a lot of us, you know, it's so easy to demonize people. It is. It's an demonize groups. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we have to move away from that. And mm-hmm. what he what he represented, what well, he presented his Republican values in a way that made me say. You know, if this guy was running, um, I'd have no problem. You know, I probably wouldn't vote for him <laughs> under virtually any <laughs> circumstance. But but in the final analysis, yeah, I, I, I could live with him being my representative. Yeah. Yeah. It's you know, I think it kind of goes back to, oddly enough, something that uh, that Matthew McConaughey said uh, during his press conference at the White House uh, about uh, the uh, the shooting in, in Uvalde, um, which, by the way. Every single story about that is worse than the last Man, for the p- police. There, Ooh. I mean, my God, it, I'm I'm beginning to wonder if they weren't working with the shooter at some point. My good oh, lord! Um, but you know, he he said during that press conference something that I thought was was very very true and and very striking, which was you know we we've been convinced on a lot of things that we're very separated 
uh, that we're we're on we're on far opposite sides when we're actually really not on most things. Uh, and if if you look at polling on pretty much any issue that we have, all the major issues, most people, the majority of Americans, are pretty close together on what they believe and what they would be okay with uh, in terms of, of various laws, gun laws, abortion rights, all those things. Most of them, the overwhelming majority, in fact, are very close together on what they believe about those things. Um, and so, but, you know, we get, we get pushed to each side of this and, you know, it ends up everybody's fighting and nothing, nothing ever really changes or gets done. And, you know, so, but uh, yeah, listen, I, I, I'll, you know, the, the last thing, you know, I, I just wanted to say about, uh, about Katie Britt uh, and uh, this thing, I, I, I hope that, you know, there are a lot of things I know she's going to vote on the major issues with her Republican friends and and be a true Republican, you know, all the way to the end. But there are a lot of things and I think we've seen it a little bit with Tommy Tuberville and, and some of the stuff he's done for HBCUs and, uh, and uh, some other things. There are a lot of ways that U.S. senators can help their state. Uh, and help people that need help and a lot of programs that can be implemented and a lot of stuff that they can get behind. They're kind of probably don't get a lot of press. Uh, and and I'm hopeful that that's where we see a real difference in terms of. Yeah, and I, again, I, you know, I'm assuming I know Will Boyd is, is still in this in this race. But, Thank we, you. you know, Thank you know, you. I mean, I, and I, I don't <laughs> want to overlook him. I don't want to overlook him at all. But but we also saw what happened with Doug Jones versus Tommy Tuberville. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, Doug Jones was had been there, was the incumbent, had been a fantastic U.S. senator for this state, had done great things for a lot of people, had been bipartisan as hell, had had the respect of his Republican colleagues, um, you know, to the point where I believe most of them were like, yeah, we just we'd rather have him than, than Tuberville. Uh, but still. Lost by 20 points. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. so I, I just feel that a worse fate is on the way for, for Will, uh, you know, just because of the realities of the state and, the, you know, the straight ticket voting here. And I, I just but and if that is, in fact, the case, I hope that we see what I believe we'll see from Katie Britt, which is, thing, you know, things that get done to help uh, the majority of Alabamians and and uh, move the state forward in, in some way. Maybe things that aren't necessarily recognizable. So. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's slide out. Uh, we'll be right back in here with uh, the world famous texture, uh, House Minority <laughs> Leader Anthony Daniels. <laughs> All right, Alabama politics this week. Back in a minute. I'm David Person with Alabama Politics This Week. You know, you listen to me and Josh every week, and we have a blast as we talk about Alabama politics and culture and as we interview newsmakers and journalists about Alabama politics and culture. Thanks for your support of this great podcast, and I hope that you will continue to not only listen, but to share it with your friends and also give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you're listening to it. Thanks a lot. All righty. Welcome back. Alabama Politics This Week. Josh Moon, David Person. Uh, we are uh, happy now to have with us uh, House Minority Leader and World's Worst Texture, Anthony Daniels. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm not going to let that go, It's it's unbelievable. It's, uh, the texting with, with him is unreal. It's it's. Uh, well, I mean, you've gotten you've gotten even already. Now. You <laughs> left me for twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah, we, we didn't know he was in the waiting room. We left him in the waiting room on Zoom for twenty minutes, uh, like he's waiting yeah. at a doctor's appointment. Uh, but uh, no, it's um, you know, I, as I was telling David earlier, I don't know if you if you send the text and then throw the phone across the room, um, uh, or or what happens. But you'll send. I uh, like I said the other day, just send something a question to me, and then I answer well, with like three or four texts, and then I don't hear from him for like fourteen hours. You forget that I'm the only person that's in leadership in the United States of America that drive himself, <laughs> respond to his own emails, respond to his own texts, and a lot of other things. Yeah. Building a house, uh, running a business, actually doing some things to really keep my family intact and the state. <laughs> well, listen, I, I, I wish that you would understand that I am always the priority. OK. And once we've established that, <laughs> then I think, well, <laughs> well, you should know, since I'm, I'm from a rural community, we like to come and touch. Pick up the phone and call me, brother. <laughs> Take a message and I'll tell the whole story. I want to make sure I interpret what you're asking in your request. Uh, all right. All right. I'll let, I'll let you off. I think he got you I'll, on that I'll one, let him Josh. off the I hook think he got here. you. I'll let him off the hook here. But, uh, uh, you know, we, we wanted to get you on uh, because it's, you know, we've just wrapped up the, the runoff. We're headed into the general now. We know who uh, who's where for the most part. You know, we'll, we'll wait to see what the, uh, the Republican Party is going to do with a couple of uh, of races uh, like that uh, Tom Watley, Jay Hovey race this weekend. Apparently they're going to decide. But uh, otherwise, we kind of know where things stand. And I guess the easy question coming out of this for you is, you know, what do you where do you think the Democratic Party stands right now? Do you feel like it? you're in good shape and do you feel like you can pick up some seats? You know, I think, the, you know, only time would tell. I think the national climate in many instances, determines a lot of the midterms. I, I wish that our friends at the federal level would understand that their actions or inaction does have consequences for those of us that are running that are running in the cycle that, that and considered the uh, midterm, more commonly known as the midterm. And so you can have the best messaging within a state possible, mm-hmm. but the federal messaging actually has tremendous impact on. Uh, how or whether or not you get your base out or, or whether or not the individuals that are opposed of the opposing party that's not in the White House or not in the majority at the federal level uh, get their base out. And so I think, you know, we've not done a great job at the federal level uh, from a Democratic par- uh, standpoint, messaging wise, to curtail some of the attacks that we're receiving here in the local community. But in, but fortunately, there's a shared responsibility from the previous administration uh, that I think people realize uh, that's causing some of the problem. Now you can't turn Rome wasn't built in one day, and you certainly can't rebuild the country in one day or two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the impacts of the previous four years has certainly had an impact on our climate right now, especially given the uh, yeah our economic issues uh, that that we're facing. And so, I, and I have some thoughts about. Uh, some things that I think we could have done better at the federal level from a democratic standpoint in order to to put us in a better position. 
Yeah, you know, I, I think you're right about that, and, and it really kind of mirrors a lot the the first two years of the uh, the Obama administration. Uh, you know, where we, he was coming in on the uh, on the tail end of the, or really in the middle of uh, one of the worst economic uh, collapses in in the country's history, and uh, somehow or another, the fact that he couldn't get it turned around in two years was an indictment on him and and all Democrats. And kind of the same way here, you know, we're uh, you have Joe Biden coming in on uh, in the midst of a pandemic. Uh, that has wrecked the economy and, and, and stalled things out. And, you know, the effects of that and not handling it very well by the Trump administration has really put a bind on a lot of services. A lot of things uh, it's caused the inflation that we see to a large degree, which I think will be relatively short lived overall, because I think a lot of it goes back to those. Uh, issues with just, uh, you know, shipping for the most part. Uh, you know, we're, we're having issues in, in just getting product out to people and that's caused the inflation in a lot of areas, but, uh, and, and certainly not something that Joe Biden could handle. Um, you know, he was just trying to keep people afloat and did stave off one stock market crash. Uh, and so, you know, I, I don't, it, it seems to me that Republicans have perfected the art of the opposing party, uh, where, I mean, you know, they've done nothing but criticize uh, the Joe, Joe Biden administration and his policies and anything that has been proposed. Yet, to my knowledge, there has been no proposal from Republicans to offset inflation, to lower gas prices, to do anything of any substance whatsoever. And they voted against anything that Democrats have put up there. Uh, and so... It seems like, should that not be the messaging? Okay, if you don't like our plan, what the hell is your plan? Uh, and it doesn't seem like we're getting anywhere with that. Well, one of the things I think we should be doing, uh, just to be honest with you, and I'll use the sports analogy, uh, defense win championships. Mm -hmm. uh, very little offense. If you, if you could stop, and, and, that, and that's what's happened. The Republicans uh, have done a phenomenal job uh, from a federal standpoint in playing defense in cycles where they do have when they had Donald Trump uh, in the midterm. It should have been a bloodbath in the midterm during the, uh, the Trump administration, but they figured out a way to play defense in order to stop us from running the score up, right? We scored, but we did not score at the level that we should have or could have uh, during the midterm during the uh, Trump administration. Uh, and so I think that from a Democratic standpoint, uh, we've not played very good defense, uh, but I think that there in some of the states there is there are opportunities for it to play strong defense. But at the federal level, if the national party is not going to focus on investments, long term investments in communities that reflect the in a state like Alabama, that may be considered a red state on the outside. But when you look at a lot of municipalities, there are a lot of democratically leaning uh, officials at the municipal level and some of the county, county commission levels across the state of Alabama. Uh, but the lack of investment is not going to grow that team. You're not, we're not going to be able to compete and be competitive long-term uh, with the same approach. Uh, you know, when you want something to die, you don't fund it. Right. Uh, and that's the easy way to make it die. And so not funding uh, the democratic party in the state of Alabama uh, from a national standpoint and putting resources in to rebuild for, for the long haul uh, has caused us some of the issues that we're, we're faced with today. And so, so. So, Anthony, what when you confront Jamie Harrison or whoever it is you're talking to at the federal level about this, what are they saying? What, what are they saying to you in response? 
I'm not necessarily. I mean, Jamie and I text a couple of times. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's really beyond Jamie to me. Right. And so it's more so uh, there's not an infrastructure for county commissioners or judicial candidates from a Democratic standpoint. If they really want to move the ball, they will set up these subcategories and build infrastructure out for protection uh, of those individuals that are judges, that are Democratic judges in local municipalities and, and, and as a way to build the bench, uh, building out a municipal strategy. Uh, and for me, from a legislative standpoint, uh, you have the Democratic Legislative Campaign Committee is where I, I take issue. Uh, because we're a red state and we're not on the verge of flipping or breaking a supermajority, uh, it becomes very difficult for those organizations to make investments in states like Alabama. And not making investments in states like Alabama causes long-term problems. But they're giving the opposition an opportunity to be competitive in the states that they control because if there's no action in Alabama, then it opens them up to be competitive in a Maryland. Whereas if you play across the board and you build strong, sustainable infrastructure across the country, even in red areas where you're making moderate gains, it forces the other side to have to spread their money out. Otherwise, they, they could just pull a lot of resources into having a municipal and judicial strategy in a place like Maryland or have a rich guy run for office in a place like Maryland that appears to be a good guy. Uh, but get elected on the other side of the aisle. And so I think what, what the missing piece is having long-term vision about sustainability. Uh, I'm not the guy to do that. That's not something that I'm gonna be focusing my attention on, uh, but from a broader conversation, it puts folks like Chris England and others, no matter who's at the head of the party, in a very tough position. Yeah, there are grants that give, uh, Jamie is doing his part of making certain that their resources are going to the state party, right? But there are other entities like your uh, your your lieutenant governor's association, your gubernatorial uh, governor's association, your attorney general associations, all those associations that focuses primarily on specialized positions should have a strategy on the Democratic side for the long haul to start preparing to make incremental gains and building momentum. So, you know, <clears throat> I've. um I've been saying to people for years that one of the things I respect about you is your your analytical approach to problem solving and the the meticulous way that you 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 tend to visualize things and create a plan and a strategy. Um, and, and so, it I, you know, I kind of wish I mean, listening to you talk. Honestly, and I'm I'm being God is my witness, being very sincere about this. It almost makes you makes me wish that you could somehow run the National Democratic Party, because maybe then we would see um, the kind of strategies implemented that could turn things around. Because right now, what I'm from what I'm hearing you say, it just makes me think the state party is going to die on the vine unless something miraculous happens. What is your feeling? What is your assessment? So here, here's what I would say. There's more activity at the state party uh, during right now uh, from a messaging standpoint, from responding and pushing back on 
um, policies, uh, as well as being in communication with local county party chairs, uh, and also providing vendor services that can be offered to local county party chairs. Uh, and so I think that uh, there are some things that have happened, um, but minus the exceptional resources and the coordination from a national standpoint, no state party will have the ability to, to overcome uh, the obstacles that are put in front of them if in fact there's not a national strategic planning opportunity. We are, we wait so much on Republicans uh, at the federal level not to do their job and do a horrible job to benefit from it. There's not been any offensive approach. Uh, and then we take on issues and we start uh, eating, our, eating our own and eating our young and, and going after each other. Uh, when you're already in a small pool, right? Uh, you're in a small pool and you all you have but when you start the infighting over, over nothing, right? That causes long-term problems that's, that's gonna take generations to overcome. It's almost like a, a family fight, one family versus another family. It's not going to start over until that generation is, is, is out of the situation. And so I think we have a unique opportunity to rally around Chris and the state party, but also, uh, push the federal level, even the, even the DCCC and the DSCC. One, you guys should be putting in to build a pipeline long-term. There should be, if Republicans are using states like Alabama to test bad pieces of legislation, then why the hell aren't we doing the same thing of trying to, to be able to be responsive to bad testing messaging to counter bad pieces of legislation? Mm -hmm. There are no think tank out there, no think tanks out there that uh, regional or even um, state focus, which is a, is a shame because you can do a think tank through 501c3 dollars, right? So that you can start understanding how to, to build leaders and develop leaders at a municipal and legislative, at a legislative level, but, but in, in general in building a pipeline for the long-term. You have all these judges in, in, in Jefferson County, right? Uh, that are Democratic judges. Has anyone ever sat down with those individuals? There's no judicial organization to pull Democratic judges together to help them in their governing so that they can uh, govern and do things that are innovative that moves us down the road a lot further on reform than we already are. If we're depending on the legislature, then we're never going to make it happen. And so we got to be more proactive and stop giving up because there's an op that we what we think is an obstacle. I consider an opportunity. We just got to stop thinking more one dimensional. We have to be we have to be 3D thinkers. We can't just be thinking one dimensional. And, and that's what part of the problem. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I, I... I think what you what you said ought to go on a poster somewhere, um, uh, really, because um, you and I have talked about this before. And, you know, anybody who was around uh, during the that Republican takeover uh, back in, in 2010 and, and it started well before that. Uh, but, you know, one of the things that that has been very frustrating to me, because, I'll, you know, my, my job is, is media and, uh, you know, and I deal with people a lot is um, is on that side of it. Uh, I think 
and we see it on on the conservative side of things how effective uh, their media is, uh, how effective they are at, at messaging through media, and often how effective they are at messaging through media that they kind of either establish or that they work with in tandem. Um, you know, and there are a number of opportunities uh, to to do this in this state, but it's it's almost like when you start talking to people uh, and, you know, you, you, you start telling them about these these ideas of, well, OK, well, look, here's here's an idea for, let's say, a podcast, for example, with two guys who are very democratically leaning people. Uh, but you know what? Uh, your candidates uh, will, will be interviewed a lot. Uh, you know, we're going to talk about what, what happens with the party. We're going to let people know that there's another side, this other side out there who would do things differently for working class people and everything uh, that, that goes into those messages. And it's you don't get support for that. You know, I mean, I, I think you obviously see the, the value in, in that and, and, and you would support us. Uh, but overall, there's not a lot of support from people. People don't seem to understand that that's how this happened originally in this state. That's how Mike Hubbard built this out. That's how he went about gaining power was through the messaging that he he established and through working with that party. And I, I feel like that's a, a very one simple step to take. And number two, overall, a very inexpensive one to take. And- well, I've been the frustrated with, by that. Well, the problem with that we've been having on the Democratic side, we have so many subgroups that care about certain issues, and they're not, uh, oftentimes, they're not taking the time to understand what they can't understand on the issue that may not be an issue that's personal to them, but it's an issue that's personal to the base and have impact of the base. And so it's almost as if you have to be, uh, you have to pass this test. We keep, we talk about Republicans have to be for, a, B, C, and D because of their base, uh, I think we're following the same footsteps, which is a dangerous road. Uh, what we have to do is teach our people to govern and how to deliver services, even at, even in a minor, even being in a minority. Mm-hmm. How do we create, how do we develop services uh, or, or, or sustain services that's going to benefit people, right? And so I think that, uh, you know, it's been a bad word for folks to work together, but, you know, for me, there's not a, not a, an opportunity where I've not worked with Republicans on things that I feel are important to my constituencies, as well as a constituency of of Democrats across the state. I understand that it's not a one size fits all approach. Mm-hmm. Now, the one force, the one thing that the Republicans do have is that they've been they've been playing defense or playing from behind for a hundred years, mm-hmm. and so they mastered playing from behind. But they Democrats have never had to play from behind, so they've not mastered playing from behind. And so therefore, we're more of a governing party as opposed to a defensive party. Right. And so we, it's time for us to make the adjustment if we want to win long term instead of running the same playbook. We keep hiring and retaining the same consultants that have been doing this for 40 years and expecting a different result. If they're not if they are not winning, winning in the last 10 years, then what makes you think they're going to win now? They've not modernized their approach. So therefore, it's unfortunate 
uh, loyalty, either, either, either your, your, lo- your loyalty and get, you get beat being loyal <laughs> or you force your, you force your folks that you're loyal to, to modernize or get, or move on and, and get someone else. I think those are the conversations that must take place. And I'm not waiting for uh, another generation uh, to the next generation uh, or a generation after this generation to, um, to make that happen. We got to start now, and it may be uh, incremental, um, but whatever is incremental has to be sustainable. If otherwise, you're it's not it's only a talking point. Yeah, um, you know, uh, one thing that uh, you know we, we we need to to bring up and talk about is you know they they did just uh, toss out the last lawsuit um, uh, over the controlling of the of ADP and the bylaws, um, and but. At the same time, it, it kind of seems as though uh, Joe Reed and the, the group of people that are, are more loyal to him uh, have made some gains on the executive committee uh, in recent times. And, um, you know, I, I wonder, I just wanted to get your thoughts about, do, do you feel like we're, we're headed towards sort of a, a shared power deal? Uh, you feel like that Joe Reed may, may ultimately end up you know, having more control of the party like he did before. Um, do, you, do you feel like that's a good thing? Do you feel like it's a bad thing? What do you feel like say. it is? Tuesday night taught us a lot. Yeah. Okay. If, if when a person has had the power for a long time and we're worse off than we were, mm-hmm. then the people don't want to see, don't want to retain that person. Right. Mm-hmm. So what I think has to happen is uh, I think there has to be a real conversation about where we want the party to be and where we want to go as a party. And all parties involved have to commit to that plan. At the end of the day, your purpose is to elect qualified Democrats to public office. Anything outside of that is a waste of time. It may make a few people feel good to be on a committee, but what are you what are you doing it for? At the end of the day, it's about electing qualified Democrats to public office at all levels. And only thing you should be focusing on is fundraising, building infrastructure, building a pipeline, right? Mm-hmm. Sustainable things like that. Having bean and breakfasts and all these other things is a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Focusing on certain issues is a complete waste of time. How do you move the base that's, that would be with you if they voted? Uh, how do you move them? What do they care about? What type of assessments have we done there? At the end of the day, this is not a, when we build a system around a person, that is failure. We have to build a system around a system, right? With a focus on your mission. Your mission is to elect more Democrats. Any, this is what we should be focusing on. And what is, what is it going to take to make that happen? It's going to take fundraising. It's going to take pipeline building. It's going to take a lot of different things in a lot of different places. But at the end of the day, it's about electing people, right? And if you're not doing that, you are not doing your job. And so I, at the end of the day, this is not Dr. Reed's party. This is not Anthony Daniels' party. This is not Chris England's party. This is the Democratic Party of Alabama. And at the end of the day, if all parties come together around understand the mission, then we could move forward. Otherwise, uh, 
we're going to continue to have these little fights that don't mean anything because there's no real power. You're like, what are you grabbing? Yeah. There's no influence. There's no power. <laughs> yeah. That's, I mean, that's been my question, you know, all, all along. I mean, you know, control of what, you know, what are you controlling? You're not, it's, I mean, the, the, you, there's no power here. You're not getting anything but, from anybody. What? But I will say this. I do think there's some value in having conversations like folks like Dr. Reed, though. I do yes. believe that. Uh, but I think that at the end of the day, whatever the differences are, let's talk about it. Let's figure it out. Right. Um, because at the end of the day, I wouldn't be where I am without him. OK. Uh, and, and I'm saying that because it's folks like him that took the the cur- had the courage to do things that other people wouldn't do. Right. But we're but we're at a different time right now to where it has to be about how do we sustain that? What you started, how do we build on that? And that's where we should be. We shouldn't be fighting because we're not fighting over anything. And, you know, when your feelings get hurt on something, move on. Let's move on to the next fight. That fight is over. Let's move on to the next fight. And the fight shouldn't be internal. It should be external. Well, you got to coalesce around shared values and shared ideas. And that's why I think your, your, your statement about coming together to dialogue is important. I also think it's important that um, we recognize uh, the legacy of people who have contributed to the party like Dr. Reed, even if we don't agree on everything, you know, and, and what I, what I've been saying to um, what I try to communicate when I'm, well, let me just be blunt. When I'm in a room as I was a couple of years ago before the pandemic, I was in a room full of white Democrats speaking to the Madison County Democratic women, mostly white Democrats. And and I made it a point to say to them that we've got to find a way for the party to, to reconcile, for the Alabama Democratic Party to reconcile with the ADC and Joe Reed. It's absolutely essential. That doesn't mean we have to agree on everything. It doesn't mean that, uh, you know, You got to make, you know, crazy concessions on either side, but there's got to be a coming together and it's got to be, and and key to that is embracing the idea that whether you agree with this man or not, his legacy matters in the Democratic Party and you got to give him that respect. Absolutely. And, And let me tell you, there's no one with more knowledge about redistricting than Dr. Reed. And I went to see Dr. Reed about redistricting. That's where I was coached. I mean, I, this guy has so much knowledge and wisdom. So I don't take anything personal. The party situation, uh, you know, it was it was it was necessary. Uh, but it, now it's time for us to move forward together. Um, but there are things that I think I think we can move the party forward without building the party around a person, one particular person. But rebuilding the party around what you said, David, shared values uh, and, and agree, agree on, OK, here's where we want to go and here's who can take us in that direction. And here's who we all should rally behind. At the end of the day, uh, it's unfortunate that we had to go through the lawsuits in this situation. It's very unfortunate. Um, but I think that it's time now that all parties sit down and talk and really focus on one idea and that how do we elect more Democrats all up and down the ticket, right? And at the end of the day, that's what we're here for. That's our job. That's our purpose. And let's focus on that. Let's get back to the basics. 
Let's learn how to play defense, right? Let's learn how to, to build and, strate and strategically plan long-term. I bet you if you ask anyone, has there been a strategic plan done uh, in any organization that have been around for some time? Nine times out of 10, it has not. If it's not doing well, it has not. If it's doing well, there has been a strategic plan long-term. But I think that strategic plan has to be from the federal level all the way down, starting at the part of state uh, count of the national party level, all the way to the sub entities, whether it's the Democratic Legislative Campaign Committee for State Legislature, to the Attorney General's Association, the Gubernatorial the Governor's Association, all the associations that are affiliated with certain offices, uh, there has to be a strategic plan, right? It may it may be eight years from now that we finally build toward getting an attorney general that's a Democrat. But if you're not building toward that, you can't put a roof on a building without the foundation. And, and that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to put the roof on a building without a foundation or walls or anything. You ju it's just not possible. I tell you, you may be terrible at texting, but man, you know this. Uh, I mean, uh, you are, I know, listen, I, I probably shouldn't say this while you're still here so you can hear it, but you're, you're incredibly smart about these things. And, and David's right. This is the reason why we like to get you on to talk about it because you do see things in a, in a perspective that a lot of other people don't see. And, and I don't, you know, I mean, I, you know, I can talk about this stuff all day and I don't necessarily see uh, the inner workings because you, you've been there and you've done it and you studied it. Uh, you know, like you know, the, the flow down from the, from the federal level and, and what needs to be done. And I think this, uh, this interview, you know, should be listened to by by every Democrat in the in this state, and and really a lot of them across the country, and um, because I think what you said makes a ton of sense, and uh, and I think it's great ideas for a lot of people, and I know we kept you longer uh, than than you know we promised, mainly because we you know we left you in the waiting room for so long, but uh, you know that's. Uh, 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 it's been great, uh, and I, I really appreciate you, you you coming and doing this, and and all the other things that you do for for the state and for the party and uh, and for and for everybody. So uh, thank you, and uh, we we do appreciate the time. Thanks, Anthony. Thank y'all, man. All right. All right. That is Anthony Daniels. I, and listen, I, I meant what I said. Um, yeah. I'm. I'm. He's he's incredibly smart about mm -hmm. these things. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, it's it's I. You know, I, I like I like talking to him uh, about those sorts of things because you come away feeling like, you know, there is a plan that there, there's somebody that's paying attention here and that, that you know, we'll, we'll do this. And, um, you know, I just I hope that uh, it doesn't get to the level where where he gets frustrated with stuff at, at some point and, and just bails out and, and decides to go and, you know, I listen, I, I can take these the smart things I know and go do do other stuff with them. Uh, but, um, you know, because I feel like that that often happens. Too, you know, you get frustrated. You get frustrated with the inaction. You get frustrated with the infighting. Um, and I just, you know, I, I don't know. Uh, but uh, I hope we, uh, I hope a lot of people uh, take heed with what he said, and um, and you know, and, and maybe we can turn this thing around uh, in a few years. So, all righty, let's slide out of here. We'll come back and uh, wrap this baby up in just a few minutes. Alabama politics this week.
Hey, everybody. If you would uh, like an opportunity to interact with us here at Alabama Politics this week, uh, we've got a great way for you to do that. Uh, shoot a question over to apwproducer at gmail.com. That's apwproducer at gmail.com. Anything about Alabama politics you want to know about, uh, I don't know, what, what everybody likes to drink or uh, where everybody likes to hang out or you know, whatever, whatever your question may be. Uh, what chances the Democrats might have uh, in the uh, the upcoming midterm elections? Uh, shoot us a question over at apwproducer at gmail.com. apwproducer at gmail.com. Thanks. All righty. Welcome back. Uh, yeah, our thanks to uh, House Minority Leader Anthony Daniels. I hope he works on that texting. Um <laughs> Uh, You've been uh, traumatized by this texting experience. It's just just unbelievable, man. Nobody else in my life is like this. I have no idea what happened. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so, uh, and, uh, you know, programming note, I think we mentioned this last week, but, uh, and I mentioned it at the top, too, that we're going to take a little break like we normally do around this time Mm -hmm. uh, because I like to go to the beach. And, you know, David likes to have, you know, time where he doesn't see me. And that's understandable. And not everybody can put up with me, uh, especially as long as David has. So I, I get it. Okay. It's basically David and my wife and daughter. That's all. That's, that's the list. Okay. All right. I get it. I'm, I'm fine with that. I understand. Uh, so now we're going to take, uh, we'll be off the next three weeks and then we'll be back um, the last two weeks of July um, yeah. and start back up. And, uh, and hopefully, uh, you know, in that time we'll nail down some, uh, some, some good guests. We have some, some pretty big names uh, that uh, have promised that they're going to do the show with, uh, with us. And, uh, oh, really? we just got to nail down some times and yeah, I'll, uh, you know, I'm, I'm working, I'm working over here. Right. I, I, I believe, I believe we have, uh, one of our more famous authors, uh, and, uh, and uh-huh. civil rights activists, uh, Uh-oh. who is, Uh-oh. uh, who is going to come on. I think we'll see, we'll okay. see, we'll see how this will work. And, and, and God only knows when it's going to be. So, I mean, it, we may be talking about 2025 here, so we'll see. Uh, but, <laughs> But, you know, he's a busy man and, uh, you know, and so we'll, we'll see how we can nail it down. Uh, and, uh, and so we, we've got some other folks too. And I'll tell you one that I would honestly like to get on here. Uh, and that is one Mr. Joe Reed. Um, oh yeah. And yeah. Uh, I would love to have a conversation with, with Joe Reed, not just simply about what's taking place lately with the democratic party and, mm-hmm. uh, and the, and the potential future of that, but also about, you know, his life, mm-hmm. uh, his legacy. Joe Reed's a, yeah. Joe Reed is is one of my favorite favorite people, uh, I, really, and I, I I admire him a great deal for what he did in, in the city of Montgomery and how he handled he handled Emory Falmer. Uh, there is nobody who could crawl underneath Emory Falmer's skin deeper than Joe Reed, and mm. uh, uh, and he deserved every every bit of it. So uh, I would love to do that, but and we'll we'll see. Uh, and you know, wouldn't mind having his son back on either, Stephen uh, oh, yeah, Montgomery great guy. and. Uh, and also get the uh, um, uh, Mayor Woodfin back on here as well. We need to so get him back in. I, I know that we don't have a whole lot of time for this segment, but I but I got to ask you a question. Sure. Are you aware of the of the antipathy, the deep antipathy that exists out there related to Joe Reed amongst some Democrats, a certain oh, yes. category of Democrats? Oh yes, absolutely. I am. I am fully aware. I and uh, I'll say, I you know, I I don't think uh, I, I don't necessarily disagree with some of those folks on uh, on their feelings. Uh, I believe that 
Um, when you run an organization uh, and you run things the way that Reed ran things, uh, he and Paul Hubbard uh, ran stuff for a, for a long period of time in this state. You make some enemies. Uh, you step on some toes. You hurt some feelings. Um, and and I think some of that is there is is very fair that some people feel that way about what things he did. And I think he would probably, and uh, you know what, he wouldn't. Uh, I was going to say he might even admit that he was wrong in some of this. I don't. That's not really Joe Reed style. Um, but uh, he, I, I would say, he would tell you that what he did he felt was the best for whatever reason at the, at the particular time that it was done. Um, and, um, you know, and I think that the way that he has run the democratic party in the last 10 years or so has really rightfully angered some people. And, and I, I think that, um, in a lot of ways, what, and I'll tell him this, I've told him this, uh, I think that he was more interested in controlling the party than he was about necessarily the party being successful. Okay. So let me, so let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. When do you look at what other political power brokers have done? Yes. Is what Joe Reed has done any, is it dramatically different in your mind? Is it, is there something especially problematic or heinous or troubling. I mean, is, is he, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is he not, whether you agree with him or not, Mm -hmm. is he not pretty much, has he not pretty much followed the blueprint of, of, of people that wield power over machines? And I think about, you know, I grew up in Chicago. So I think about somebody like Mayor, Mayor Richard J. Daly, old, 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 the old man. You know, ruled with an iron fist, mm-hmm, with an mm-hmm. iron fist. Right. You know, I mean, destroyed people, mm-hmm. put his put his foot on people's necks and up there behind. Right. OK. Yeah. How's that any different? Well, it's not. But I, I don't necessarily think that he was. I think that there was a whole faction of people even on his side that didn't didn't care for him very much as well. You know, Mayor Daley. Uh, but um, but you I, don't I, hear now. I, I guess my point is, Josh, and maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Because I see the look on your face. Maybe I'm wrong. Right. But it just seems to me that there is a level of antipathy out there about Joe Reed that is different. Mm-hmm. That I don't I don't necessarily sense when we talk about other power brokers, other people that rule with iron fists in, yeah. in, in American politics. Yeah, I, I'll say I think that uh, Dr. Reed has been, is, is very, um, abrasive in a lot of ways. Uh, he's very unapologetic, uh, for the what for what he believes and how he wants to do things. Um, he is, um, he, 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 he will file a lawsuit in a second. Uh, he does not know how to back down from a fight. Um, and not only that, he, uh, for any fight that he law lo- he loses, he believes it's just a step in the war that he'll ultimately win, um, as we are now seeing with the Democratic Party in this state. While he lost what many thought was the war for the party, uh, he just viewed it as you know a simple setback and one of many battles that he was going to have to ultimately win. And uh, I believe he's on his way to to doing so. Uh, but um, you know, I, I say. I, I, th- I think all of that kind of plays in to 
you know, it, he has a very my way or the highway sort of mindset, which I know a lot of, as you said, a lot of leaders in that position do that. But um, I think that's that's angered a lot of people. And here's the, here's I think is the big thing, though. There hadn't been a whole lot of success. You know, uh, people will back you if you're winning. You know, people will make excuses for your behavior and your abrasiveness and, you know, you being a jerk to people at times if you're winning. But if you're not winning and Democrats ain't done a lot of winning lately, um, then there's a whole lot of questions that get raised and people start to say, hey, you know, you could be nice and we could still lose. OK, you know, uh, if, if you know, we're not getting anywhere like this. Um, and I think that has has caused some problems. You know, that turnaround uh, that took place in, you know, in, in 2010, which actually took place starting in about 2000 um, and, you know, with Republicans in this state taking over the state. And, you know, they missed the uprising. Uh, they didn't do enough to kind of combat it, and and it's led to a number of years of hard times for the Democratic Party in this state. And you know, I, it's it's it, you know I think that plays into it, man. I think that that's a that's a big part of the reason why so many people have such a problem with Joe Reed is not that he's ruled with an iron fist, it's that he's ruled with an iron fist and they've lost. Well, I think that's a very legitimate point. I think that's very legitimate. What I would what I would counter though, the way I'm going to counter that is not by disagreeing with it wholeheartedly because I think that's very legitimate and and really on point. I don't I don't I don't disagree with what you just said. I think I think the only the only caveat I'll toss out there is that I think the iron fist thing it occurred it it, it occurred during times when Democrat it was established during times when Democrats were enormously successful in this state, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So when the taint, when the when the when the change came, when the, the the uprising of Republicans, as you called it, when that occurred, that was the time for the tone and leadership, perhaps, to change, and mm-hmm. for a different strategy internally with Democrats yeah. to change. But because it didn't, and the losing continued, you have this. Uh, I think you're right. There then became this. Uh, it was easier for the antipathy to um, to grow, and um, and now it's you know it's solid. So you know I sit I sit in in you know in in some democratic circles uh, with with folks who are you know influential certainly in in Madison County, and I mean anytime Joe Reed's name comes up. You know, it's almost like they want to spit before they say it and then after they say it, you know. Right. And I'm thinking, really, is it really is it really that bad? Does it really require all of that? You know, uh, but, you know, I, I can't you know, my position is, you know, you don't like the guy. You, you don't agree with the guy. OK, that's fine. That's your right. Mm-hmm. But what about his legacy? Mm-hmm. You know, and what yeah. about the fact that even even though, you know, and I know we, you know, even though this case has been thrown out. Yeah. You know, you still you still gonna he's still a factor out there. You can't yeah. just act like he doesn't exist and dismiss yeah. him. 
Well, uh, so I'll, you know, the, the federal judge did throw out the latest challenge uh, to the new bylaws changes that took place in 2019 that kind of ushered in Chris England and, uh, and, the, and the rest at the top of the party and uh, kind of wrestled control away from, from Reed and his faction. And he had controlled it for a long period of time based on those bylaws that allowed him to appoint, uh, to appoint members to the, uh, to the Democratic conference and, I mean, to the, uh, the, the controlling conference thing, uh, the committee. I'm sorry. I keep saying conference, but I mean committee, uh, the executive committee. Um, and and so that that was tossed. Uh, you know, a federal judge said, you know, look, there's there's nothing here. You, you couldn't even when we pressed you in court, you couldn't really say why this violated anything. Uh, so well, it got it got tossed out. And that should be the last one of those. Of course, in the meantime, Joe Reed has uh, you know maneuvered himself back into uh, into having a lot of of those executive committee members who are loyal to him again uh, uh, being being elected. And so I feel like, you know, a lot of people kind of feel like he's about to regain some, maybe not control, but some more power within the party. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's a um, it's a shame that it's still going on, um, you know, and, and you and I talked about this back when it was happening. And um, and we both agreed that uh, it would uh, it would be better off for the party overall if they could bury the hatchet to some degree. Everybody kind of come together and and build this thing forward. And I'll say, I think that some of the top leadership there felt like they were doing that, that they were going to, that they had had conversations um, and, and were moving in that direction. And then the next thing they knew, another lawsuit landed. Um, and, you know, they didn't un- really understand it. I mean, you know, I had conversations with people about, you know, promoting Stephen Reed as, you know, as an option for, for higher office on things. And, um, and I, I honestly believe Stephen has higher office aspirations and, and he, he could be elected. Yeah, he yeah. should. He's, he's great. Yeah. And, and I feel like he could be, you know, a really great, uh, congressman or senator from the state. Um, and would serve us very well. He's, he, he, he likes, he likes the job and he likes to do a good job while he's doing it. And, you know, those are things that are very important and he's smart. Um, and so, uh, but you know, I, I don't know. And, and to, you know, and asking them, they don't really know either what happened, what happened with some of that. And so, um, I, maybe this, maybe some sort of a, this lawsuit being gone and then there being some sort of a maybe shared power here at the top uh, with the new bylaws still still uh, still in place. But I don't know. Um, so but, you know, we we need to we need to do a a, 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 a right wing nut and get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I think we got what served up to us on a silver plate. Yeah, yeah, we do. That's our uh, uh, that's uh, our uh, our boy Mo Brooks, uh, who who just went scorched earth yeah. during his concession speech. Uh, I mean, yeah. I, rarely do you see one like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. Just I mean, you know, just he's angry. He, like I said, he was just dour. That's the one thing you can count on for Mo. He was going to be gloomy, dour, pessimistic. Uh, you know, you know, he's the only one that's a patriot, and only the people that voted for him are patriots. And 
anybody that voted for Katie Britt, not a patriot, anybody that, you know, would vote for a Democrat, not a patriot, you know, he he holds the title to patriotism. Yeah. Which is just foolishness. That's just utterly ridiculous. It's just bull crap. Oh, but yet that's, that's, you know, that's, that's his Mo. position, you know. That's Mo. The bad guys won, he said, so he's quitting, going on home. and Yeah. Uh, you know, hey, yeah. but I'll say this. As part of that scorched earth, he's now agreed to testify <laughs> with the January 6th committee. <laughs> uh, so he's going to burn Trump to the ground along with him, I guess. I don't know. But uh, I am really uh, interested to see what is he going to do? Yeah. Is, he, is that what he's going to do? Is he going to no. be more Trumpian than Trump on that? He's going to he's going to do he's going to be crazy. That's what he does. I mean, he's a true believer. And I mean, he's not faking the crazy man. He is. He is who he is. And yeah. Uh, but hey. We're true patriots. I know that. So, um, and Amen. and as such, we're going to get on out of here and uh, get prepared to celebrate the Fourth of July. Uh, so right. that's, that's that's what we're doing. We're going to take three weeks to celebrate the Fourth of July. So uh, that shows because that's how, how patriotic we are. Exactly. 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 And so, until late July, y'all be safe out there. Peace. <laughs>